Welcome to Exam Room Exposed. I'm Dr. Debbie Sharfus, and I've been practicing obstetrics and gynecology for 30 years. Exam Room Exposed will take you into my exam room where no topic is off limits and no question will go unanswered. So come on in to my exam room. Welcome to the second episode of Exam Room Exposed. Today's title is The Pap Smear Does Not Define Us. As gynecologists, every day we hear someone say, well, I don't need a pap smear, so why should I come to the gynecologist? And today, I would like to explain why you should come to the gynecologist even if you don't need a pap smear. So let's go through the ages, starting with late teens. Many of my patients ask me, when should my daughter start going to the gynecologist? Well, that depends. It depends on if she has a pediatrician that feels comfortable speaking to teens about sexuality, sexually transmitted diseases, and contraception, or does she have a family doctor that is able to discuss those things? If not, she does need to see a gynecologist. When she's ready to go to college and she's going to leave the house, I think it's important that all girls come and have a consultation with a gynecologist or a nurse practitioner who takes care of women's health. That's because when you're leaving the house, things are going to happen that you need to have information about. You need to learn about sexually transmitted diseases if you don't know about it already. You need to think about contraception because that first encounter may very well happen in college if it hasn't happened already. Perhaps they need to talk about their menstrual history or what's going on with their menstrual cycle now and they're afraid to tell you. We talk to them about many things and we don't always, a matter of fact, most of the time we don't do a pelvic exam so you can reassure them not to be afraid to come talk to us. We talk about social issues. We want to know how's school going? Are you having trouble with your weight? Do you weigh too much? Do you weigh too little? Do you not know how to eat correctly? Do you drink? Do your friends drink and you don't want to drink with them but feel bad about it? Are you having issues with driving? Are you having anxiety, which is so common right now? We also should talk about vaccinations. Did your parents believe in vaccinations? Do you need to catch up on some vaccinations before you go to college? So as you can see, even though there's no pap smear done at all, maybe not even an exam, there are so many things we can address and talk to your late teen, early 20 child when they come to the office. And so it's very important that you give them the opportunity to come and talk to us. The next age group I'd like to discuss is the 20s to 30s. A lot is happening when you turn 20 and then between 20 and 40. So now's the time when you will start getting pap smears, which are screening tests for abnormal cells that if left alone for years could develop into cervical cancer. So pap smears and HPV are linked a lot. And a lot of people have questions about human papillomavirus and the frequency of pap smears. I'm not going to get into that today because that could be an entire different podcast. But what I will say is that you need to speak to your gynecologist 
about when they think pap smears are appropriate for you and how often you should get them. I do feel strongly, though, that you should see the gynecologist every year, even if you aren't getting a pap smear again. And why is that? Because you need to talk about sexual transmitted disease prevention. Maybe you need to get tested for STDs. You probably need contraception. You need a breast exam. And if you don't have a family practitioner or internist, you need a full physical exam and some well-screening labs to make sure everything else is okay in your body. We also want to talk about preconceptual counseling if you are thinking that you're going to start a family in the next year or so. A lot of people skip this visit, and it's really very important because there are a lot of things that we can find in your family history or personal history that would lead us to do some testing that is important to have before you get pregnant. There are testing for certain ethnic backgrounds, too, for certain genetic diseases that can be inherited that really need to be done before pregnancy if possible. So in your 20s and 30s, there's a lot to be done. Now, if you have a strong family history of something like breast cancer or colon cancer, we may even start mammograms and colonoscopies in your 30s. Again, these are things you need to bring attention to your physician if they don't ask you and make sure you know your full family history. Well, now we're on to our 40s and 50s. In our 40s and 50s, we're continuing to come every year and we're continuing to get pap smears and breast exams. Again, if we don't have an internist or a family practitioner, we're getting our lungs checked, our heart listened to. Were we a smoker? Do we again need to talk about sexually transmitted diseases? Are we recently divorced or dating and we want to know about contraception because we don't want to have a baby when we're 51? Or maybe we're just done with our childbearing and we want to know how to have some permanent contraception so we won't be pregnant in our 50s. We talk about mammograms. This is when mammograms start and when colonoscopy screening starts for colon cancer screening. And then there's the famous perimenopause and menopause, which for some women can be very difficult. Some women breeze right through menopause and they don't even like flash their eyelids. And other women have years and years of symptoms and unhappiness. So this is the time when your cycles may start to get irregular, when you may start to have mood changes. Maybe you're having insomnia or you wake up every night. Maybe you can't sleep at all. There are so many different things that happened around the perimenopause and menopause. And these are the things that we discuss with you. So don't be afraid to ask them. That's why you need to come see us. By On the side, menopause, by definition is no period for a year, and then you're done. But those symptoms aren't necessarily done well into your 50s. And so hot flashes and mood swings and irritability and vaginal dryness, which I talked about in episode one, are starting to happen in our 50s. And we as gynecologists are very well equipped to address all of these things. So now we're getting into our 60s, where people think they don't need to ever come see us again. Well, My answer to that would be, yes, you do. In your 60s and 70s, women are still getting breast cancer. And is someone doing a breast exam on you? Are they even handing you a mammogram? Yes, the incidence may start to go down in our 70s, 
but you still can get breast cancer. And breast cancer is not preventable, but breast cancer, if caught early, is very curable. So you want to get that mammogram to find it early. Are you having some other questions that you don't want to talk to someone about, like sexual issues? Is maybe your husband having issues and you want to talk about it? In episode one, I talked about vaginal dryness and all the issues that come with menopause. So here we go again into our 60s and 70s. If you haven't treated it already, it's definitely getting worse. Maybe you're divorced. Maybe you're widowed. Maybe you're going to start dating again and you have questions about all these things, questions about getting STDs again things that you hadn't thought about in a long, long time. And that's what we're here for. The other thing is we're constantly talking to you about family history. We want to know if anything changes. Did anyone get breast cancer, ovarian cancer, colon cancer, uterine cancer, pancreatic cancer, or melanoma? A lot of those cancers can be genetically inherited. And so when we take a history, we try to find out if maybe you should be more screened or tested for a hereditary disorder. Maybe you have cancer and we need to make sure that you have been screened appropriately so that your children can be screened appropriately. We also talk about weight, how obesity in menopause can affect a few cancers. I don't know if a lot of people know it, but uterine cancer and breast cancer, the risk goes up the heavier you are because of the higher estrogen levels circulating in your body. So let's address that. Let's not just yell at you. Let's help you try to get some of the weight off and figure out what you can do. As my patients get older and they develop significant medical problems now into their 70s, 80s, I even have patients in their 90s, I always sit down and discuss with them about their wishes for medical treatment. Because if you want to have a screening test like a mammogram, if you get cancer, are you willing to get a lumpectomy? Would you get radiation? And if God forbid I find that you might have ovarian cancer or some kind of tumor, would you want to have major surgery or be able to even survive it? So I always sit down as people are getting older and especially women who are having a lot of medical problems and discuss that maybe... It is time to stop a lot of the screening exams because they wouldn't want to have anything done. And I'm okay with that if them, if they and their family are okay with that. It makes sense. We don't need to constantly order things and do things to people reflexively without discussing what the implications of those tests are. And we sit down and we decide together. So that's kind of a synopsis overall of why a pap smear is not all we do as gynecologists. I hope this podcast has been helpful for you. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the Exam Room Exposed podcast and share with all your friends. I really appreciate it all. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram under Dr. Debbie's Wellness, and you can find my website at drdebbieswellness.com. I appreciate everyone listening, and I hope to be able to reach out to all of you again during episode three.